Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. Creative outlets are a powerful healing tool, especially for adult survivors of any kind of childhood trauma. To access that healing medium, one must get past the defense of not being quote-unquote creative enough. Our guest, Laura DeFranco, is here to share practical ways to embrace your creativity and tips for welcoming creativity into your daily life. Laura is an intuitive writing strategist, holistic physical therapist, and third-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Praised as, quote-unquote, our favorite class by the Writer's Center, her intuitive writing and healing workshops teach transformational tools for healing. To learn more about Laura and enroll in her free 30-minute intuitive writing strategy, please visit brave, B-R-A-V-E, healer.com. Thank you for coming on to Conversations at Heal, Laura. I'm very excited about this conversation because I wholeheartedly believe that, that creativity can really support you. How would you define intuitive writing or intuitive creativity, really, because it can be anything? Yes, for sure. And thanks for having me. I love these kinds of conversations as well. I started combining the healing tools I've learned over the years, the body awareness, primarily uh, mindful meditation practice using body sensation. When I combined that with the therapeutic writing or journaling, I came up with this uh, process that I'm calling intuitive writing because the writing is um, coming from that connected embodied, conscious, aware place, things like overthinking and analyzing and that that chattering mind we constantly seem to have, those things are, you're trying to get those things out of the way and just connect with the deeper part of you. So that's basically how I describe the intuitive writing process. And you said, you know, it would be any creativity, and I totally agree with that because you could use the same kind of process for any kind of creativity, painting, dancing, any kind of uh, self-expression, really. So when you're connected to the body, it's the place where that expression is going to come from. A little bit more true, a little bit more authentic, um, that kind of thing. As I was putting together the show, I was, I was thinking about ways that we are all creative. And I was thinking that even like knitting a sweater is creative. Cooking is creative. There's a whole host of ways that one can be creative. Yes, that's for sure. Any expression, uh, any creation. Yeah, you, you could talk about it in so many different ways. That's what's so exciting about it. You know, I consider everybody to be an artist, and I would have even, would not have called myself one even maybe just five or so years ago. You know, my sister got the art card in our family. She was a an amazing artist, and I always thought, oh, well, she had that talent, so I'm not even going to try. Like, there's no way that I can paint or draw or whatever. And um, I remember a friend of mine uh, who, another artist friend, I just pined over her beautiful artworks and paintings, and I would constantly bug her to create something for me. And one day she sent me an email and she said, hey, you know, there's this really cool online art class. I really think you should take it. (laughs) And after I did that class, 
I started creating my own art and began thinking of myself more as an artist. I really think it's the thinking that gets in our way. Everybody is born creative. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It surprises me how much intentional focus, awareness it takes to clear all those uh, thoughts running amok in, in my inner dialogue. And, and it does take practice. It takes discipline. It takes awareness. But I've also found that once I allow myself to tap into that place that, that you're referring to, I experience such a, a sense of uh, release, a sense of calm. And it's interesting because when I'm done painting or let's just use pain as an example for right now, I find myself feeling exhausted, and I suppose that you could also feel energized. You know, it could go either way. There's this peace that comes over me, or I've expressed feelings that I could not have gotten in touch with just through my verbal words. Have you had those similar experiences? Yes, for sure, because when you're clearing your mind and coming into that meditative process of the, of the art itself, whatever the art is, you were describing it that way, and immediately I thought to myself, it's freedom for me. It's When you connect like that, it's a freedom from your inner critic and fear types of thoughts and voices. And we can have so many of those thoughts and beliefs and voices, you know, sending messages to us all day long telling us what's wrong with us and how we're not good enough and how we're unworthy and how our art stinks and, or our writing stinks. <laughs> And it really does, you are not kidding, it takes the practice to move through those to the other side of that. I think, for me, it's been a lifelong practice. I'm, I don't know that that practice will ever end. It, it is getting easier, though. I'm happy to report that with the practice, it gets a little bit easier, and you're able to really see your worth inside of that creativity. I love that connection now, and I really practice it on a daily basis, just even with sort of the mundane things that I do. And that, again, just helps me feel really free and happy. It's interesting, this connection, this connection that we're talking about. Once one experiences something new and they intentionally allow themselves to experience it again, in this case it's the getting in touch with your intuitive self, but let's take something simple like riding a bike. As a kid, it is hard to learn to get that balance. And once you get that balance, you find that balance, seldom does one ever lose that knowledge. Kind of the same way with this uh, gain in touch with your, um, inner, your inner self. Once you allow yourself to practice it through creativity, you've had that experience and then you can you naturally will find yourself bringing it into other areas of your life yeah for sure it crosses all areas of your life and really should you know as it does that you feel like you're really integrating uh, mind body and soul and life uh, becomes very rich uh, feels very good to be doing that you know across all the different areas you know, you mentioned intuition. I think that we are all born with that, but depending on our upbringing, don't really get taught to enhance it, connect with it, use it. 
Um, in fact, some of us are taught really not to feel. And so even though we're born with this, you know, very um, creative and intuitive ability, sometimes we get kind of taught right out of it. And then uh, the healing journey becomes about rediscovering that later on, at least that's been my experience. And now I think you're right. You know, now that I've reconnected and I feel the power of that, I don't think I will ever be able to go backwards from that. Um, it's just, it feels too good at this point. I wanted to um, address something that you just said about uh, your upbringing and, and being taught to use your intuition. What's so wonderful about where we are in, in the world right now is that we are becoming aware, words like intuition and awareness, those words weren't even in our vocabulary, say, when I was a kid. For the, uh, the listener who is probably 50 plus, this isn't really about blaming or, you know, or saying, well, my parents didn't, blah, 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 blah. It's just a different way um, how our society is evolving. It's almost a way to embrace and to uh, to be grateful that that we're alive to experience this stage of of life, or where our world is, our society is. Before we get further on, I want to ask you about something that you've mentioned earlier, and that's meditation. I, I want to get your take on it because as many meditation avenues as there are, recordings, etc., there are also uh, definitions or experiences. Uh, we've talked about meditation on conversations that heal before, but I want to get your take on, on meditation and specifically how you do it so that it will give someone who's never done it, maybe someone who's a little leery of it, a chance to say, oh, I could try uh, Laura's way. What does that look like uh, for you in your daily life? Yeah, I love that question because I look at it very differently. And actually, I don't like to use the M word <laughs> because it scares people. So when I teach uh, awareness, um, I teach really body awareness type of, uh, you know, we'll say meditation for now and um, helping my clients feel. It sounds so simple, but really, you know, sometimes for some people it's harder than you think. But I don't ask people to go sit on a cushion uh, cross-legged for an hour to meditate. I ask them to practice feeling what their body feels like in the different moments of their day. And, yes, if they have time to get still and or lie down and really do that practice, connect with their body, connect with their breath for several minutes, then, of course, that's excellent. But I always tell people that if you feel too rushed or like you just don't have time to begin um, or continue a meditation practice, it really doesn't have to be that complicated. You can be driving in your car and notice how hard you're gripping the steering wheel. You can notice that your ears, um, your shoulders are kind of hunched up into your ears. You can notice that you're leaning forward away from the seat back even, and you can melt your body into the chair, and you can 
relax your grip a little bit, and you can connect with your breath. And you can do any of those things no matter what you're doing during the day. So my version of this started when I read a book by Adi Ashanti called True Meditation. And he described this idea that really we can meditate in any single moment of our day that we choose to direct our attention to the way that our body is um, feeling at any given moment. And I just thought that was absolutely beautiful and it really connected with what I've done as a holistic physical therapist and teaching people to be in, inside of their bodies as a true place to access their healing power. That is how I do it. Thank you for sharing that. It, I think it, it helps a lot to get you know, as many people as there are in, on this planet probably are different experiences, uh, different definitions of meditation. And, and I'll share that it was hard for me to start meditating because it was hard um, as a survivor of child abuse, a thriver. It was hard for me to be in my body. And getting into my body, while it's a very important step, because as they say, your body holds all the secrets, it's a very scary and, and painful step. This whole idea of getting into your body was, at first I was like, uh, well, that's just not going to happen. So we might as well just bypass that. But there's a sense of, um, of gentleness and even, you know, compassion for yourself, the self-love, being kind to yourself. If it's too scary to take a second to be in your body, which for me it was, well, the next day it would be two seconds, then three seconds. Those seconds build upon themselves, and they, like we're talking about experiences, give you a new experience. I would encourage the listeners to to be aware of what Laura said and, and try it out. You, you might surprise yourself. You might find something that you love about yourself that you didn't even know was there. Yeah, that's so true. What you're talking about is so important, and you're very right. Um, being in the body for the first time in a long time, especially if you're the, if you've experienced any kind of trauma, is is very scary. And it's why it's okay to ask for help in the beginning. And sometimes a guided process of coming back to the body to feel is really necessary. You know, I just put that out there that, you know, just beginning a body awareness practice on your own, a meditative practice on your own where you're, you know, trying to get back into your body to feel things. Sometimes you're right. This isn't going to happen unless you have a very skilled and compassionate guide to um, help you with the sensations that come up, with the memories that come up, with the feelings that come up, right? So I always encourage people to get help with those types of things. I try to never say never, and of course, people do all kinds, of, they practice all kinds of different healing modalities, and some are very solitary, while others will be with a guide, or I like to call myself a Sherpa on the healing journey. I know in my own experience that the journey has intensified in a good way because I access guides. 
you don't necessarily have to speed anything up, but for me it felt like it just went smoother, went easier, went a little bit faster. I was able to learn things about myself a lot easier than trying to do it on all on my own. And, you know, I suppose you could you could go in either direction. You could do a lot of it on your own, but um, getting help, oh my goodness, can be magical. Getting help looks like a therapist, a coach, as opposed to a dear friend who really isn't trained like a therapist or a coach um, would, would be to get you through that. Well, thank you for this conversation, Laura. Laura and I will continue this conversation on the next episode of Conversations That Heal. We'll be talking about creativity and self-compassion Please contact me at Susan at ConversationsWithHeal.com if I can support you on your healing journey. And you can also contact Laura at BraveHealer.com. Leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support us in reaching listeners in search of living a life of peace and joy and creativity. Above all, remember that you are a lovable and a capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal.